Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. Carol Zernial, our co-host on special assignment today, so it is just moi, but we'll be able to do this in, I hope, fine style, because we have a great, great guest joining us. And if you are new to Caregiver SOS On Air, let me remind you, or if you're new, you wouldn't know this, we have podcasts of all of our shows that are available for you. So if you listen to a show that you say, you know, I'd like to hear that again, or you're curious about other shows that we have done, and we have really over the last four years or so covered the gamut, uh, just Google Caregiver SOS On Air Podcasts, and they will pop up. And you can take a look at what's out there. You can listen to them. You can download them to your uh, computer, the link to your computer top, and share them with friends and neighbors who you think may find those topics beneficial. All in one way or another relate back to caregiving, Sometimes directly and sometimes tangentially, but caregiving is always a part of what we talk about here on Caregiver SOS On Air. And speaking of that, joining us now on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, Lucinda Coza. She is founder and CEO of iAlly, the first web and mobile application empowering young caregivers with holistic support and resources. And Lucinda indeed was and maybe still is. A caregiver. Lucinda, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, in the small world category, I, I discovered uh, you're in a little town that maybe you and I are the only ones who know about, Union, New Jersey, where my Uncle Sal, my Aunt uh, uh, Helen, and their kids all grew up. Uh, it's a place that in the 1950s I visited on uh, many occasions, and uh, my, my recollections of Union, New Jersey are all very positive, despite all the negative stereotypes you hear about New Jersey to begin with. It's not a bad state. Not at all. It's actually really lovely. It's the Garden State, lots of beautiful parks and hikes and stuff like that. I love it. So talk to us about uh, your personal caregiving journey and how, as we face this pandemic, it is affecting others as well. Absolutely. So my father had a series of strokes in late 2018, and I became his sole caregiver. Um, My parents were divorced, and actually my father had a second life, but um, they had gotten divorced. And I do have two siblings, but um, as I've come to find out, it's very common for all of the caregiving to sort of fall on one person. Especially Um, if it's a daughter. Right. That's what I keep hearing. And that's sort of, I mean, while it's understandable, um, it's not always totally fair. (laughs) For sure. Um, Yeah. So, so how did you begin that journey uh, when you realized your dad needed more help than he was getting and you stepped in? How, how did that happen? 
Well, it was a really long journey, actually, because he was exhibiting behavior like slurred speech, um, being confused, and, um, you know, sort of not making sense. And everyone just thought he was drunk all the time, um, which is unfortunate because... Um, no one, you know, was able to see the signs or it was just easily um, confused with someone who drinks. And it just went on and on for too long. And there was one day where I talked to him and he said he was driving, but he didn't know where he was. And... I asked him to please stop driving and pull over and I would come and find him and he wouldn't. He just, you know, didn't want to stop driving even though he admitted he didn't know where he was and he didn't really know what he was doing. So it was very scary. It was um, really sort of the biggest fight or flight moment in my life and... I just realized I had to save him. I just had to find him and take him to the ER, that I just had enough guessing and saying, well, maybe he's just drinking or maybe this or maybe that. Well, there's really no excuse for him to be driving and not be able to tell me where he is. So how did you I'm find just gonna him? have to take over. Well, let me find out in a moment how you found him. Before we do that, I want to tell folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel, our regular co-host on special assignment today, and we're talking uh, with a young woman who is a millennial who has put together an organization and a website uh, and an app that may be able to help others who are millennial caregivers. Her name is Lucinda Koza, and we're in the middle of a story that just has the hair on my arm standing up, that uh, your dad is driving, you're talking on the phone, he admits he doesn't know where he is, he won't pull over, he keeps driving. How do you find him? Well, somehow he ended up at his friend's house, um, and she called me and told me that he was there. And I had been driving around town searching and uh, finally heard from his friend that she that he had arrived and was sort of acting like nothing was wrong, although something was clearly wrong. So I went there, and he. it was the same sort of thing where he seemed really disoriented, but also couldn't admit that anything was wrong. And I just said, hey, I'm going to take you to the doctor. Is that cool? And he was just, uh. you know, he was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And um, I got him in the car and went straight to the ER and as soon as he realized where we were, he fought me. I mean, not 
not physically, but, you know, he was upset and said I had betrayed him and I tricked him and I didn't love him. And that was probably the worst moment of my life. Hard to hear. Hard to hear because the only reason you were doing that was because you loved him. Exactly. Exactly. So you walk into the ER. Did he go in? He did go in. He did go in, and it was clear immediately to the doctor who saw him that he had had a stroke. Um, Just from talking with him, he asked him who the president was, and my dad said George Bush. And uh, just the doctor was like, I think, you know, I think he's had a stroke, so I'm going to go ahead and admit you. And we're going to do these tests and figure out what's going on. And so I felt, you know, at the same time, great relief and also terror. And just, you know, I, I suddenly felt like, well, now I need help. Like, who, who else is coming to join forces with me? in this, you know, terrifying endeavor. And the answer was no one. (laughs) Um, It was uh, just me. And, it, you know, it took me a little bit to fully realize that. And um, I became power of attorney and healthcare proxy because, uh, you know, we weren't sure if he was, going to even make it so I needed to be able to make decisions and that all happened so quickly in the hospital I was alone I was you know so young and just not not educated at all and not prepared at all and and shocked that you know I didn't have my other members of my family or friends or someone, you know, coming to help me. What's interesting is you've discovered how common that is. More common right. than not. Uh, and unlike in a Disney movie, uh, when a, you know, a knight arrives on a great big white horse, jumps off the horse and says, Lucinda, I'm here to help you. It doesn't work that way. No, no. And it's shock. It's shocking, especially if you're. I think if you're young. Um, well, how old you were you? Always think mommy's mommy and daddy are going to fix everything. Right. Um, how old are are you when you take him to the hospital? I was thirty-two. A baby. Depending on yeah. your age perspective, but that's that's pretty young. What what happens next? And we're going to find out. Uh, as that journey continues, because what you did, as you know, uh, you saved his life at that moment. No question in my mind about that. Uh, but that begins a journey of caregiving that obviously you hadn't thought about, hadn't planned out, and can be incredibly challenging. So stick with us just a minute. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Our special guest, Lucinda Coza founder and CEO of iAlly, and we're talking about ways in which she is helping her dad 
uh, overcome and, and get beyond uh, the after effects of a stroke. Carol Zerniel, our regular co-host, on special assignment today. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Well, we thank you for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, talking about an incredible story where Lucinda Coza uh, reaches out to try to help her dad. They're talking on the phone. He's driving. She's driving. He has no idea where he is, no idea how to get to wherever he thought he was going. Ultimately, they meet up. She gets him into the hospital ER. Doctor says, hey, man, you've had a stroke. We're going to admit you. And suddenly, uh, on Lucinda's 32-year-old head, the entire responsibility of caregiving just plops right down in her lap. And, and Lucinda, that alone had to be a shock for you when you when you realized, what am I going to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do, and I didn't know how to even begin to do it. And... My father couldn't help me through it either because he had a stroke. And, you know, since he has had vascular dementia and, um, you know, so he wasn't able to teach me how to take care of him. Um, And I felt so terrified and isolated. And I really noticed that no one noticed me. Um, No one looked, you know, took a look at me and thought, this is a very young, very scared-looking person. Let me make sure that she is okay, that she knows what's going on. Um, And I I didn't get any sort of... um, advocacy in that way. So there wasn't a uh, hospital social worker who stepped in to say, hey, I think I can help you. Here's some of the things you think you need to do. Well, there was a social worker who stepped in and said, your dad needs to go to rehab for, you know, because he was a stroke victim. And so she helped me find where he was going to go um, but never did she, you know, and I, I don't, I feel badly blaming her or, you know, cause I know she had her own struggles and her own job to do, but she never asked me, you know, are you okay? And I think it's, I think it's okay to ask that. I think it's, it's, it can't be seen as unprofessional, you know, for the social worker to ask that. Um, That'd be the right thing for her to do. Right, right. So what happens next? There you are, you know, standing in the hallway, saying to yourself, yeah. oh, my God, 
What was next? Yeah. You, you did and get so, the right paperwork. You got the, uh, uh, you know, the medical power of attorney. You got uh, an ability to uh, deal with decisions involving his health. Uh, but how are you going to handle where does he live? How do I take care of him? Well, I just went by the seat of my pants. And we, next, we went to rehab where he stayed until basically his health insurance, you know, said it was time for him to be done. Then I was really scared um, because they were recommending that he should not go straight home, that he needed time in a facility, in an assisted living facility. And I had no idea, you know, where or which one. And I somehow found one, and it was more expensive than I should. It was more money than I should have spent. But I was so afraid of where he was going to be and who was going to be taking care of him that I thought, well, if I choose one of these, you know, more expensive places, then he'll be, it'll be better. He'll be, you know, taken care of and he'll be happier. And, you know, once again, that was sort of me not having the best guidance or education but it was it was fine, and he was there for about three months, and then he had gotten a lot better since the stroke. Um, what had really suffered was his speech, so it was a struggle to communicate. You said he had he, aphasia. Yes, he, he has aphasia, so, yeah. So he was able to communicate to me that he really wanted to live independently and he really was terrified that I was going to leave him, you know, forever right. in a facility, which <laughs> even saying that right now just makes me feel so sad for him that he, you know, right. thought that. So all I could do was, you know, I, I thought I have to help him live independently. I can't, I can't abandon him. And so then we, we found a condo and I lost my job uh, because I was spending too much time taking care of my father and I just, couldn't choose my job over that. It's really, it's a struggle too many people face. Yeah. Yes. And it's really, it's, uh, it's not, it shouldn't be that way. So you got him into a, a condo. You're learning a great deal. When did you hit on the idea of starting I Ally? So that idea really, came to me when the pandemic started and I really got scared of um, being disconnected from him and not being able to make sure that he was okay. Or, you know, since he has dementia, maybe he would get 
sick and not know what to do about it, and he wouldn't, he, he can't use technology, so I was afraid that he would forget how to call me or he would forget my number or, you know, so right. many things that could go wrong, of course. And so I started a mutual aid platform online um, where basically it was for caregivers, for family caregivers, and it was, you know, anyone could post an ask or a need um, for help. Like, I need someone to perform a wellness check on my father, um, and then someone else can respond to that need and say, yes, I can do this, you know, at 4 p.m. today. And it was like a godsend. It, it, it just made me feel so, it made me feel like I could depend on my fellow caregivers and this population that is so often unseen and unpaid and but we exist and we work very hard and we're here for each other too. And in the middle of a pandemic. And you, you had the tech background and support and experience to be able to do this. I did. That's cool. I had enough. I had enough. (laughs) Yes. Now we've got about two minutes left. And before I, I have to say goodbye to you, tell us about, uh, how we can help. I, I know you've got a, a, a GoFundMe uh, in order to try to help or, or a, a crowdfund for iAlly. What, what is the hope for iAlly? Well, I hope to just expand as much as I can and, and help as many family caregivers as I can and always keep it free. Um, so please, you know, anyone, especially caregivers of any age, even though I was originally focusing on millennials and Young caregivers, it's of any age, any caregiver, please go to, it's i-ally.com. And from there, you can access everything. You can sign up for the app. Um, You can donate if you wish. You can share. Um, And I would just really love that because I just want to expand as much as I can. And how is your dad doing? You know, he's okay, but um, thank you for asking. Uh, but he's declining. I mean, he's not going to recover. But, you know, none of us are, I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, at some point, we're all on the same journey. It's just, you know, at what station does our train stop? Exactly. Exactly. And, and he knows what you're doing to help him? Not that it matters. I'm just curious. Sure. You know, uh, I mean, you would do it anyhow. I really talked to him about it. Right. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little worried about about how he's going to take it. He he gets, you know, concerned and scared easily, and I don't want him to, I don't know. I'm just always worried about freaking him out. No, that's okay. (laughs) That happens. So, again, for folks who want to help you, I Ally, the app for millennial caregivers, uh, what do they do? They can go to the Internet. They can go find the app. They can go to a crowdfund. What? 
Yeah, they can. Uh, once you sign up, you can uh, you can do any of that. Um, you can join our backpack house groups, um, so you can have all of your medical paperwork and that of the person that you care for all in one place and you get to be in charge of that and who you share it with, which is really empowering. You can do, you can participate in the mutual aid platform. We have telehealth, so you can see a mental health provider through iAlly, as well as financial counsel, legal counsel, and... That's cool. More and more. Yeah. I found it just by Googling I Ally, by the way, and it came up. Oh, so, great. Yeah. So i got to stop you right here. We are uh, flat out of time. You've been a great guest, and I salute you on, on what you're doing, not only for your dad, uh, but for so many others who are in a very similar place, and, and for you to have uh, risen out of that rather than crumbling into a little puddle it shows the kind of uh, you know, inner strength that you have. Uh, which uh, Lucinda Coes is pretty impressive. So thanks. Well, thank you so much. That that means a lot, and I've loved talking with you. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Linda Coes is the founder and CEO of iAlly. Check them out. I'm Ron Aaron for Carol Zernio. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. We will talk with you next time on 930 AM, The Answer. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.